So, Bible in a Year, week 19, and we pick up in day 127 where we left off last week, going through the story of Second Samuel, uh, and today again we we jump between similar stories in Second Samuel and First Chronicles, beginning at Second Samuel chapter 21, verse 15 to 22. The Philistines again waged war against Israel. David went down with his soldiers, and they fought the Philistines, but David became exhausted. Then Ishbi Benob, one of the descendants of the giant, whose bronze spear weighed about eight pounds and who wore new armour, intended to kill David. But Abishai, son of Zariah, came to his aid, struck the Philistine and killed him. Then David's men swore to him, You must never again go out into battle with us. You must not extinguish the lamp of Israel. After this there was another battle with the Philistines at Gob. At that time Shebaiakai the Hushathite killed Saph, who was one of the descendants of the giant. Once again there was a battle with the Philistines at Gob, and Elahanan, son of Jarrah Ogim, the Bethlemanite, killed Goliath the Gittite. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. At Gath there was still another battle. A huge man was there with six fingers in each hand and six toes in each foot, twenty-four in all. He too was descended from the giant. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of David's brother Shemaiah, killed him. These four were descended from the giant in Gath and were killed by David and his soldiers. And then the same in First Chronicles 20 verse 48. After this a war broke out with the Philistines at Gezer. At that time Sabaiakah the Hushathite killed Sipai, a descendant of the giants, and the Philistines were subdued. Once again there was a battle with the Philistines and Ehalan, son of Jair, killed Lamhi, the brother of Goliath the Gittite. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. There was still another battle at Gath where there was a man of extraordinary stature with six fingers on each hand and six toes in each foot, twenty-four in all. He too was descended from the giant. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of David's brother Shemaiah, killed him. These were the descendants of the giant in Gath killed by David and his soldiers. Then we read Psalm chapter 36 verse 1 to 12. An oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked... There is no dread of God before his eyes, for in his own eyes he flatters himself too much to discover and hate his sin. The words of his mouth are malicious and deceptive. He has stopped acting wisely and doing good. Even on his bed he makes malicious plans. He sets himself on a path that is not good and does not reject evil. Lord, your faithful love reaches to heaven, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountain, your judgments like the deepest sea. Lord, you preserve man and beast. God, your faithful love is so valuable that people take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They are filled from the abundance of your house. You let them drink from your refreshing stream, for with you is life's fountain. In your light we see light. Spread your faithful love over those who know you and your righteousness over the upright in heart. Do not let the foot of the arrogant come near me or the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the evildoers fall, they have been thrown down and cannot rise. Then we read Second Samuel 24, verse 1 to 9. The Lord's anger burned against Israel again, and it stirred up David against them to say, Go, count the people of Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, the commander of his army, Go through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, and register the troops so I can know their number. Joab replied to the king, May the Lord your God multiply the troops one hundred times more than they are while my Lord the King looks on. But why does my Lord the King want to do this? 
Yet the king's order prevailed over Joab and the commanders of the army. So Joab and the commanders of the army left the king's presence to register the troops of Israel. They crossed the Jordan and camped in Aror, south of the town in the middle of the valley, and then proceeded toward Gad and Jazer. They went to Gilead and to the land of the Hittites, and continued on to Danjan and around to Sidon. They went to the fortress of Tyre and all the cities of the Hivites and Canaanites. Afterwards they went to the Negev of Judah at Beersheba. When they had gone through the whole land, they returned to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. Joab gave the king the total of the registration of the troops. There were 800,000 fighting men from Israel and 500,000 men from Judah. And the same in 1 Chronicles 21, 1-6. Satan stood up against Israel and incited David to count the people of Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the troops, Go and count Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring a report to me so that I can know their number. Joab replied, May the Lord multiply the number of his people a hundred times over. My lord the king, aren't they all my lord's servants? Why does my lord want to do this? Why should he bring guilt on Israel? Yet the king's order prevailed over Joab. So Joab left and travelled throughout Israel and then returned to Jerusalem. Joab gave David the total of all the registration of the troops. In all Israel there were 1,100,000 swordsmen and in Judah itself 470,000 swordsmen. But he did not include Levi and Benjamin in the count because the king's command was detestable to him. And then we read First Chronicles 27 verse 23 and 24. David didn't count the men aged 20 or under, for the Lord had said he would make Israel as numerous as the stars of heaven. Joab son of Zariah began to count them, but he didn't complete it. There was wrath against Israel because of this census, and the number was not entered in the historical record of King David. Then we read 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 10 to 17. David's conscience troubled him after he had taken a census of the troops. He said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. Now, Lord, because I have been very foolish, please take away your servant's guilt. When David got up in the morning, a revelation from the Lord had come to the prophet Gad, David's seer. Go and say to David, This is what the Lord says. I am offering you three choices. Choose one of them and I will do it for you. So Gad went to David, told him the choices and asked him, Do you want three years of famine to come on your land? To flee from your foes three months while they pursue you? Or to have a plague on your land three days? Now think it over and decide what answer I should take back to the one who sent me. David answered Gad, I have a great anxiety. Please let us fall into the Lord's hands because his mercies are great. But don't let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel from that morning until the appointed time. And from Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men died. Then the angel extended his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it. But the Lord relented concerning the destruction and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough, withdraw your hand now. The angel of the Lord was then at the threshing floor of Arunahah the Jebusite. When David saw the angel striking the people, he said to the Lord, Look, I am the one who has sinned. I am the one who has done wrong, but please, these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand be against me and my father's family. Then we read First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 7 through to 17. This command was also evil in God's sight, so he afflicted Israel. David said to God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. Now, because I have been very foolish, please take away your servant's guilt. 
Then the Lord instructed Gad, David's seer, Go and say to David, This is what the Lord says, I am offering you three choices. Choose one of them for yourself, and I will do it to you. So Gad went to David and said to him, This is what the Lord says, Take your choice, either three years of famine, three months of devastation by your foes with the sword of your enemy overtaking you, or three days of the sword of the Lord, a plague in the land, the angel of the Lord bringing destruction to the whole territory of Israel. Now decide what answer I should take back to the one who sent me. David answered Gad, I have great anxiety. Please let me fall into the Lord's hands, because his mercies are very great, but don't let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague in Israel, and 70,000 Israelite men died. Then God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. But when the angel was about to destroy the city, the Lord looked, relented concerning the destruction, and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough, withdraw your hand now. The angel of the Lord was then standing at the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. When David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven with his drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem, David and the elders clothed in sackcloth fell down with their faces to the ground. David said to God, Wasn't I the one who gave the order to count the people? I am the one who has sinned and acted very wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? My Lord God, please let your hand be against me and against my father's family, but don't let the plague be against your people. Then we continue in First Chronicles 21, verse 18 to 30. So the angel of the Lord ordered God to tell David to go and set up an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. David went up at God's command, spoken in the name of the Lord. Ornan was threshing wheat when he turned and saw the angel. His four sons who were with him hid themselves. David came to Ornan, and when Ornan looked and saw David, he left the threshing floor and bowed to David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, Give me this threshing floor plot so that I may build an altar to the Lord in it. Give it to me for the full price so the plague on the people may be halted. Ornan said to David, Take it, my lord the king may do whatever he wants. See, I give the oxen for the burnt offerings, the threshing sledges for the wood, and the wheat for the grain offering, I give it all. King David answered Ornan, no, I insist on paying the full price, for I will not take for the Lord what belongs to you, or offer burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David gave Ornan fifteen pounds of gold for the plot. He built an altar to the Lord there, and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He called on the Lord, and he answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offering. Then the Lord spoke to the angel, and he put his sword back into its sheath. At that time, when David saw that the Lord answered him at the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite, he offered sacrifices there. At that time, the tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses made in the desert, and the altar place of burnt offering were at the high place in Gibeon. But David could not go before it to inquire of God, because he was terrified of the sword of the Lord's angel. And then we read Second Samuel 24, 18-25 to finish today. God came to David that day and said to him, Go up and set up an altar to the Lord in the threshing floor of Arunah the Jebusite. David went up in obedience to God's command, just as the Lord had commanded. Arunah looked down and saw the king and his servants coming toward him, so he went out and bowed to the king with his face to the ground. Arunah said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? David replied, To buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the Lord, so the plague on the people may be halted. Aruna said to David, My lord the king may take whatever he wants and offer it. Here are the oxen for a burnt offering and the threshing sledges and ox yokes for the wood. 
My king Aruna gives everything here to the king. Then he said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. The king answered Aruna, No, I insist on buying it from you for a price, for I will not offer to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. David bought the threshing floor and this oxen for twenty ounces of silver. He built an altar to the Lord there and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then the Lord answered prayer on behalf of the land and the plague on Israel ended. And there we end, day 127. Day 128. And today we begin into First Kings. Uh, but before we do that, we read a couple of Psalms. The first being Psalm chapter 30, verse 1 to 12. I will exalt you, Lord, because you have lifted me up and have not allowed my enemies to triumph over me. Lord my God, I cried to you for help and you healed me. Lord, you brought me up from Sheol. You spared me from among those going down to the pit. Sing to the Lord, you his faithful ones, and praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favour a lifetime. Weeping may spend the night, but there is joy in the morning. When I was secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you showed your favour, you made me stand like a strong mountain. When you hid your face, I was terrified. Lord, I called to you. I sought favour from my Lord. What gain is there in my death, in my descending to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your truth? Lord, listen and be gracious to me. Lord, be my helper. You turned my lament into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, so that I can sing to you and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. And then Psalm 33, verse 1 to 22. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous ones. Praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the lyre, make music to him with a ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song to him, play skillfully on the strings with a joyful shout. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is trustworthy. He loves righteousness and justice, the earth is full of the Lord's unfailing love. The heavens were made by the word of the hand, and all the stars by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into a heap, he puts the depths into storehouses. Let the whole earth tremble before the Lord, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came into being, he commanded and it came into existence. The Lord frustrates the counsel of the nations, he thwarts the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart from generation to generation. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen to be his own possession. The Lord looks down from heaven, he observes everyone. He gazes on all the inhabitants of the earth from his dwelling place. He alone crafts their hearts, he considers all their works. A king is not saved by a large army, a warrior will not be delivered by his great strength. The horse is a false hope for safety, it provides no escape by its great power. Now the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, those who depend on his faithful love to deliver them from death and to keep them alive in famine. We wait for the Lord, he is our help and shield, for our hearts rejoice in him, because we trust in his holy name. May your faithful love rest on us, Lord, for we put our hope in you. And then Psalm 131, verse 1 to 3. Lord, my heart is not proud, my eyes are not haughty. I do not get involved with things too great or too difficult for me. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a little weaned child with its mother, I am like a little ch little child. Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forever. 
And then we begin to read through First Kings, starting at chapter 1, verse 1, obviously, and going through today to chapter 1, verse 53. Now King David was old and in getting on in years, although they covered him with many bedclothes, he could not get warm. So his servants said to him, Let us search for a young virgin for my lord the king. She is to attend the king and to be his caregiver. She is to lie by your side so that my lord the king will get warm. They searched for a beautiful girl throughout the territory of Israel, and they found Abishag the Shumanite and brought her to the king. The girl was of unsurpassed beauty and she became the king's caregiver. She served him, but he was not intimate with her. Adonijah, son of Haggith, kept exalting himself, saying, I will be king. He also assembled chariots, cavalry, and fifty men to run ahead of him. But his father had never once reprimanded him by saying, Why do you act this way? In addition, he was quite handsome and was born after Absalom. He conspired with Joab, son of Zariah, and with Abiathar, the priest. They supported Adonijah, but Zadok, the priest, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, Nathan, the prophet, Shemai, Rai, and David's warriors did not side with Adonijah. Adonijah sacrificed sheep, oxen, and fatted cattle near the stone of Zoheleth, which is next to Enrogel. He invited all his royal brothers and all the men of Judah, the servants of the king, but he did not invite Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the warriors, or his brother Solomon. Then Nathan said to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and our lord David does not know of it? Now please come and let me advise you. Save your life and the life of your son Solomon. Go, approach King David, and say to him, My lord king, did you not swear to your servant your son Solomon is to become king after me, and he is the one to sit, who will sit on the throne? So why has Adonijah become king? At that moment, while you are still there speaking with the king, I'll come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went to the king in his bedroom. Since the king was very old, Abishag the Shunammite was serving him. Bathsheba bowed down and paid homage to the king, and he asked, What do you want? She replied, My lord, you swore to your servant by the Lord your God. Your son Solomon is to become king after me, and he is the one who is to sit on my throne. Now look, Adonijah has become king, and my lord king, you didn't know it. He has lavishly sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle and sheep. He invited all the king's sons, Abiathar the priest, and Joab the commander of the army, but he did not invite your servant Solomon. Now, my lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to tell them who will sit on the throne of the lord the king after him. Otherwise, when my lord the king rests with his father's eye and my son Solomon will be regarded as criminals. At that moment, while she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet arrived, and it was announced to the king, Nathan the prophet is here. He came into the king's presence and bowed to him with his face to the ground. My lord king, Nathan said, did you say Adonijah is to become king after me, and he is the one who is to sit on my throne? For today he went down and lavishly sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle and sheep. He invited all the sons of the king, the commanders of the army, and Abiathar the priest, and look, they're eating and drinking in his presence, and they're saying, Long live King Adonijah. But he did not invite me, me, your servant, or Zadok the priest of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, or your servant Solomon. I'm certain my lord the king would not have let this happen without letting your servant know who will sit on my lord the king's throne after him. King David responded by saying, Call in Bathsheba for me. So she came into the king's presence and stood before him. 
The king swore an oath and said, As the Lord lives who has redeemed my life from every difficulty, just as I swore to you by the Lord God of Israel, your son Solomon is to become king after me, and he is the one who is to sit on my throne in my place. That is exactly what I will do this very day. Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground, paying homage to the king, and said, May my lord King David live forever. King David then said, Call in Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoiada for me. So they came into the king's presence. The king said to them, Take my servants with you, have my son Solomon ride on my own mule, and take him down to Gihon. There Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet are to anoint him as king over Israel. You are to blow the ram's horn and say, Long live King Solomon. You are to come up after him, and he is to come in and sit on my throne. He is the one who is to become king in my place. He is the one I have commanded to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Amen, Benaiah son of Jehoiada replied to the king. May the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king, so affirm it. Just as the Lord was with my Lord, the king, so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David. Then Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites and the Pelethites went down, had Solomon ride on King David's mule and took him to Gihon. Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon, then they blew the ram's horn, and all the people proclaimed, Long live King Solomon! All the people followed him, playing flutes and rejoicing with such a great joy that the earth split open from the sound. And then we read Psalm chapter 47, verse 1 to 9. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a jubilant cry, for the Lord Most High is awe-inspiring, a great king over all the earth. He subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chooses for us our inheritance, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God ascends amidst shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounds of trumpets. Sing praise to God, sing praise, sing praise to our King, sing praise. Sing a song of instruction, for God is King of all the earth. God reigns over the nations, God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the peoples have assembled with the people of the God of Abraham. For the leaders of the earth belong to God, he is greatly exalted. And then back into 1 Kings, chapter 1, verses 41 to 53, to finish today. Adonijah and all the invited guests who were with him heard the noise as they finished eating. Joab heard the sound of the ram's horn and said, Why is the town in such an uproar? He was still speaking when Jonathan, son of Abiathar, the priest, suddenly arrived. Adonijah, whose name I can't pronounce properly today, said, Come in, for you are an excellent man, and you must be bringing good news. Unfortunately not, Jonathan answered him. Our lord King David has made Solomon king, and with Solomon the king has said Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and they have had him ride on the king's mule. Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king in Gihon. They have gone from there rejoicing. The town has been in an uproar, that's the noise you heard. Solomon has even taken his seat on the royal throne. The king's servants have also gone to congratulate our lord King David, saying, May your God make the name of Solomon more famous than your name, and may he make his throne greater than your throne. Then the king bowed in worship on his bed, and the king went on to say this, May the Lord God of Israel be praised. Today he has provided one to sit on my throne, and I am a witness. Then all of Adonijah's 
guests got up trembling and went their separate ways. Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, so he got up and went to take hold of the horns of the altar. It was reported to Solomon, Look, Adonijah fears King Solomon, and he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon first swear to me that he will not kill his servant with the sword. Then Solomon said, If he is a man of character, then not a single hair of his head will fall to the ground, but if evil is found in him, then he dies. So King Solomon sent for him, and they took him down from the altar. He came and paid homage to King Solomon, and Solomon said to him, Go to your home. And there we end, day 128. And so day 129, and we begin to go through a few chapters chronologically of First Chronicles, starting at chapter 22, verse 1. Uh, and we jump through quite a number of chapters here today. Um, and lots of nice names when we get to the end. We start at chapter 22, verse 1. Then David said, This is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of burnt offering for Israel. So David gave orders to gather the foreigners that were in the land of Israel, and he appointed stonemasons to cut finished stones for building God's house. David supplied a great deal of iron to make the nails for the doors of the gateways and for the fittings, together with an immeasurable quantity of bronze and innumerable cedar logs, because the Sidonians and Tyrians had brought a large quantity of cedar, that should be cedar, logs to David. David said, My son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly great and famous and glorious in all the lands. Therefore I must make provision for it. So David made lavish preparations for it before his death. Then he summoned his son Solomon and instructed him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. My son, David said to Solomon, it was in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, you have shed much blood and waged great wars. You are not to build a house for my name because you have shed so much blood on the ground before me. But a son will be born to you, he will be a man of rest. I will give him rest from all his surrounding enemies for his name will be Solomon and I will give peace and quiet to Israel during his reign. He is the one who will build a house for my name. He will be my son, and I will be his father. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever over Israel. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you, and may you succeed in building the house of the Lord your God as he said about you. Above all, may the Lord give you insight and understanding when he puts you in charge of Israel, so that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will succeed if you carefully follow the statutes and ordinances the Lord commanded Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Notice I have taken great pains to provide for the house of the Lord. 3,775 tons of gold, 37,750 tons of silver, and bronze and iron that can't be weighed because there is so much of it. I have also provided timber and stone, but you will need to add more to them. You also have many workers, stonecutters, masons, carpenters, and people skilled in every kind of work, in gold, silver, bronze, and iron beyond number. Now begin the work, and may the Lord be with you. Then David ordered all the leaders of Israel to help his son Solomon. The Lord your God is with you, isn't he? And hasn't he given you rest on every side? For he has handed the land's inhabitants over to me, and the land has been subdued before the Lord and his people. Now determine in your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. 
Get started building the Lord God's sanctuary so that you may bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and the holy articles of God to the temple that is to be built for the name of the Lord. Then he gathered all the leaders of Israel, the priests and the Levites. The Levites thirty years old and above were counted. The total number of men was thirty-eight thousand by head count. Of these, David said, twenty-four thousand are to be in charge of the work in the Lord's temple. Six thousand are to be officers and judges. Four thousand are to be gatekeepers. And four thousand are to praise the Lord with the instruments that I have made for worship. Then David divided them into divisions according to Levite's sons, Gershom, Kohath and Merari. And then we skip, that was First Chronicles 23 verse 6, we skip into verse 24 of chapter 23. These were the sons of Levi by their ancestral houses. The heads of their families, according to their registration by name in the head count, twenty years old or more who worked in the service of the Lord's temple. For David said, The Lord God of Israel has given rest to his people, and he has come to stay in Jerusalem forever. Also the Levites no longer need to carry the tabernacle or any of the equipment for its service. For according to the last words of David, the Levites twenty years old or more were to be counted, but their duty will be to assist the sons of Aaron with the service of the Lord's temple, being responsible for the courts and the chambers, the purification of all the holy things, and the work of the service of God's temple, as well as the rows of the bread of the presence, the fine flour for the grain offering, the wafers of unleavened bread, the baking, the mixing, and all measurements of volume and length. They are also to stand every morning to give thanks and praise to the Lord, and likewise in the evening. Whenever burnt offerings are offered to the Lord in the Sabbaths, new moons and appointed festivals, they are to do so regularly in the Lord's presence, according to the number prescribed for them. They are to carry out their responsibilities to the tent of meeting, to the holy place and to their relatives, the sons of Aaron, in the service of the Lord's temple. The divisions of the descendants of Aaron were as follows. Aaron's sons were Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died before their father and they had no sons, so Eliezer and Ithamar served as priests. Together with Zadok from the sons of Eliezer and Ahimelech from the sons of Ithamar, David divided them according to the assigned duties of their service. Since more leaders were found among Eliezer's descendants than Ithamar's, they were divided accordingly. Sixteen heads of ancestral houses were from Eliezer's descendants, and eight heads of ancestral houses were from Ithamar's. They were divided impartially for Lot, for these were officers of the sanctuary and officers of God, among both Eliezer's and Ithamar's descendants. The secretary Shemaiah, son of Nathaniel, a Levite, recorded them in the presence of the king and the officers, Zadok the priest, Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, and the heads of families of the priests and the Levites. One ancestral house were taken for Eliezer and then one for Ithamar. The first lot fell to Jehoarab, the second to Jediah, the third to Harim, the fourth to Serorim, the fifth to Malkijah, the sixth to Majamim, the seventh to Hakoz, the eighth to Abijah, the ninth to Jeshua, the tenth to Shekaniah, the eleventh to Elishib, the twelfth to Jekim, the thirteenth to Hupa, the fourteenth to Jeshubab, the fifteenth to Bilga, the sixteenth to Immer, the seventeenth to Hezir, the eighteenth to Hapazez, the 19th to Pethathiah, the 20th to Jehazekel, the 21st to Jachin, the 22nd to Gamul, the 23rd to Deliah, and the 24th to Maziah. 
These had their assigned duties for service when they entered the Lord's temple, according to their regulations which they received from their ancestor Aaron, as the Lord God of Israel had commanded him. As for the rest of Levi's sons from Amram's sons, Shubal, from Shubal's sons, Jehadiah, from Rehabiah, from Rehabiah's sons, Ishiah was the first, from the Isharites, Shelemoth, from Shelemoth's sons, Jahath, Hebron's sons, Jeriah the first, Amariah the second, Jahazel the third, and Jechamim the fourth, from Uzal's sons, Micah, from Micah's sons, Shamir, Micah's brothers, Ishiah, from Ishiah's sons, Zechariah, Merari's sons, Mahli and Mushi, and from his sons, Josiah, his son, Merari's sons by his son, Josiah, Shoham, Zakur, and Ibri, from Mahli, Elizier, who had no sons, from Kish, from Kish's sons, Jaramil, Mushi's sons, Mali, Eder, and Jeremoth. Those were the sons of the Levites according to their ancestral houses. They also cast lots the same way as their relatives, the sons of Aaron, did in the presence of King David, Zadok, Ahimelech, and the heads of the families of the priests and Levites, the family heads and their younger brothers alike. David and the officers of the army also set apart some of the sons of Asaph, Hemam, and Jeduthun, who were to prophesy accompanied by lyres, harps, and cymbals. This is the list of the men who performed their service. From Asaph's sons, Zachar, Joseph, Nathaniah, and Asherlah, sons of Asaph under Asaph's authority, who prophesied under the authority of the king. From Jeduthun, Jeduthun's sons, Gedaliah, Zeri, Jeshiah, Shemai, Hashabiah, and Mattathiah, six under the authority of their father Jeduthun, prophesying to the accompaniment of lyres, giving thanks and praise to the Lord. From Hemam, Hemam's sons, Bukiah, Mataniah, Uziel, Shebuel, Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hanani, Eliathath, Gidali, Romama, Ezer, Josh, Bacanasha, Molti, Hothir, and Mahazoeth. All these sons of Haman, the king's seers, were given by the promises of God to exalt him, for God had given Hamam fourteen sons and three daughters. All these men were under their own father's authority for the music in the Lord's temple, with cymbals, harps, and lyres for the service of God's temple. Asaph, Jeduthun, and Hamam were under the king's authority. Together with their relatives, who were all trained and skillful in music for the Lord, they numbered 288. They cast lots impartially for their duties, the young and old alike, the teacher along with the pupil. The first lot fell for Asaph, to Joseph his sons and his brothers, twelve, to Gedaliah his, the second, him his brothers and his sons, twelve, the third to Zakur his sons and his brothers, twelve, the fourth to Isri his sons and his brothers, twelve, the fifth to Nathaniah his sons and his brothers, twelve, the sixth to Bukiah his sons and his brothers, twelve, the seventh to Jezreel his sons and his brothers, twelve, the eighth to Jeshiah his sons and his brothers, twelve, the ninth to Mataniah, his sons and his brothers, twelve. The tenth to Shimei, his sons and his brothers, twelve. The eleventh to Azrael, his sons and his brothers, twelve. The twelfth to Hashahiabah, his sons and his brothers, twelve. The thirteenth to Shuabel, his sons and his brothers, twelve. The fourteenth to Mattathiah, his sons and his brothers, twelve. The fifteenth to Jeremoth, his sons and his brothers, twelve. The sixteenth to Hananiah, his sons and his brothers, twelve. The seventeenth to Josh Bekashashash, his sons and his brothers, twelve. The eighteenth to Hananiah, his sons and his brothers, twelve. 
the 19th to Malatothi, his sons and his brothers, 12. The 20th to Elathath, his sons and his brothers, 12. The 21st to Hothir, his sons and his brothers, 12. The 22nd to Gidalati, his sons and his brothers, 12. The 23rd to Mahazioth, his sons and his brothers, 12. And the 24th to Romathad Ezer, his sons and his brothers, 13. No, only joking, 12. And that ends day 129. Day 130, and we continue through First Chronicles, just reading through a few more chapters, and then we have a psalm thrown in at the end of today. So we pick up First Chronicles 26, verse 1. The following were the divisions of the gatekeepers. From the Korathites, Meshelamiah, son of Kore, one of the sons of Asaph. Meshelamiah had sons, Zechariah the firstborn, Jediel the second, Zebediah the third, Jethanel the fourth, Elam the fifth, Jehonanan the sixth, and Elionanha the seventh. Obedidom also had sons, Shemaiah the firstborn, Jehozabad the second, Joab, Joah the third, Sakar the fourth, Nathaniel the fifth, Amiel the sixth, Ishkar the seventh, and Putaliah the eighth. For God blessed him. Also to his son Shemaiah were born sons who ruled over their ancestral houses, because they were strong, capable men. Shemaiah's sons Othni, Raphael, Obed and Elzabad. His brothers Eluhu and Shemachiah were also capable men. All of these were among the sons of, of Uber Odom, with their sons and brothers. They were capable men with strength for the work. 62 from Obed Adom. Meshlemiah also had sons and brothers who were capable men. 18. Hosa from the Merorites also had sons. Shimri the first, although he was not the firstborn, his father had appointed him as the first. Hilkiah the second, Tebaliah the third, and Zechariah the fourth. The sons and brothers of Hosa were thirteen in all, and they actually are thirteen. The divisions of the gatekeepers under their leading men had duties for ministering in the Lord's temple, just as their brothers did. They cast lots according to their ancestral houses, young and old alike, for each gate. The lot for the east gate fell to Shelemiah. They also cast lots for his son Zachariah, an insightful counsellor, and his lot came out for the north gate. Obedidom's was the south gate, and for his son's lot was the storehouses. For Shupim and Hosha, it was the west gate, and the gate of Shalacheth on the ascending highway. There were guards stationed at every watch. There were six Levites each day on the east, four each day on the north, four each day on the south, and two pair at the storehouses. As for the court in the west, there were four at the highway and two at the court. Those were the divisions of the gatekeepers from the sons of the Korahites and Merorites. From the Levites, Ahijah was at the charge of the treasuries of God's temple and the treasuries for what had been dedicated. From the sons of Ladan, who were the sons of the Gershonites through Ladan, and were the heads of the families belonging to Ladan the Gershonite, Jehali. The sons of Jehali, Zetham and his brother Joel, were in charge of the treasuries of the Lord's temple. From the Amronites, the Izzerites and Hebronites and the Uzilites, Shebuel, a descendant of Moses' son Gershom, was the officer in charge of the treasuries. His relative through Eliezer, his son Rehabiah, his son Jesiah, his son Joram, his son Zikri, and his son Shelomith. This Shelomith and his brothers were in charge of all the treasuries for what had been dedicated by King David by the heads of families who were the commanders of the thousands and of the hundreds, and by the army commanders. They dedicated part of the plunder from their battles for the repair of the Lord's temple. 
all that Samuel the seer, Saul son of Kish, Abner son of Ner, and Joab son of Zariah had dedicated, along with everything else that had been dedicated, were in the charge of Shelemith and his brothers. From the Israelites, Shaniah and his sons had the outside duties as officers and judges over Israel. From the Hebronites, Hashabiah and his relatives, 1,700 capable men had assigned duties in Israel, west of the Jordan, for all the work of the Lord and for the service of the king. From the Hebronites, Jerajah was the head of the Hebronites according to the genealogical records of his ancestors. In the fortieth year of David's reign a search was made, and strong capable men were found, found among them at Jezar in Gilead. There were among Jerajah's relatives 2,700 capable men who were heads of families. King David appointed them over the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, as overseers in every matter relating to God and the king. This is the list of the Israelites, the heads of families, the commanders of thousands, and the commanders of hundreds, and their officers who served the king in every matter to do with the divisions that were on rotated military duty each month throughout the year. There were 24,000 in each division. Jashobim son of Zabiel was in charge of the first division for the first month. 24,000 were in his division. He was a descendant of Perez and chief of all the army commanders for the first month. Dodai the Ahohite was in charge of the division for the second month, and Michaloth was the leader. 24,000 were in his division. The third army commander as chief for the third month was Benaiah son of Jehoiada the priest. 24,000 were in his division. This Benaiah was a mighty man among the thirty and over the thirty, and his son Amizabad was in charge of his division. The fourth commander for the fourth month was Joab's brother Ashael, and his son Zebediah was commander after him. Twenty-four thousand were in his division. The fifth for the fifth month was the commander Shamhuth, the Azarite. Twenty-four thousand were in his division. The sixth for the sixth month was Ira, son of Ikesh the Tekoite. Twenty-four thousand were in his division. The seventh for the seventh month was Helez, the Palanite from the sons of Ephraim. Twenty-four thousand were in his division. The eighth for the eighth month was Sibachai, the Hushahite, Azarahite. Twenty-four thousand were in his division. The ninth for the ninth month was Abiezer, the Athanathite, a Benjaminite. Twenty-four thousand were in his division. The tenth for the tenth month was Marari, the Nethathite, Azarahite. Twenty-four thousand were in his division. The eleventh for the eleventh month was Benaiah the Peronathite from the sons of Ephraim. Twenty-four thousand were in his division. The twelfth for the twelfth month was Heldai, the Nethophite of Othniel's family. Twenty-four thousand were in his division. The following were in charge of the tribes of Israel. For the Reubenites, Eliezer, son of Zikri, was the chief of Ophishil. From the Simeonites, Thephathiah was son of Machah. For the Levites, Hashahabiah, son of Kemuel, for Zaran, Zaran, Aaron, Zadok, for Judah, Elihu, one of David's brothers, for Ishkar, Omri, son of Michael, for Zebulun, Ishmaiah, son of Obadiah, for Naphtali, Jeremoth, son of Azrael, for the Ephraimites, Hoshea, son of Azaziah, for half the tribe of Manasseh, Joel, son of Padiah, for half of the tribe of Manasseh in Gilead, Edo, son of Zechariah, for Benjamin, Jasiel, son of Abner. For Dan, Azrael, son of Jeroham. Those were the leaders for the tribes of Israel. Asmaveth, son of Adiel, was in charge of the king's storehouses. 
Jonathan, son of Uzziah, was in charge of the storehouses in the country, in the cities, in the villages, and in the fortresses. Ezri, son of Chelub, was in charge of those who worked in the fields, tilling the soil. Shemai the Ramathite was in charge of the vineyards. Zabdi the Shifmite was in charge of the produce of the vineyards for the wine cellars. Baal Hanan the Gedarite was in charge of the olive and sycamore trees in the Shephalai. Joash was in charge of the stores of olive oil. Shetri the Sharonite was in charge of the herds that grazed in Sharon, while Shaphat son of Adlai was in charge of the herds in the valleys. Obil the Ishmaelite was in charge of the camels. Jedediah the Maronathite was in charge of the donkeys. Jazith the Hagrite was in charge of the flocks. All these were officials in charge of King David's property. David's uncle Jonathan was a counsellor. He was a man of understanding and a scribe. Jehiel son of Hachmani was attended, the king's sons. Athithophel was the king's counsellor. Hushai the archite was the king's friend. After Ahithophel came Jehudiah son of Benaiah, then Abiathar. Joab was the commander of the king's army. David assembled in Jerusalem all the leaders of Israel, the leaders of the tribes, the leaders of the divisions in the king's service, the commanders of thousands and the commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of all the property and cattle of the king, and his sons along with the court officials, the fighting men and all the brave warriors. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Listen to me, my brothers and my people. It was in my heart to build a house as a resting place for the ark of the Lord's covenant and as a footstool for our God. I had made preparations to build, but God said to me, You are not to build a house for my name because you are a man of war and have shed blood. Yet the Lord God of Israel chose me out of all my father's household to be king over Israel forever. For he chose Judah as leader and from the house of Judah my father's household, and from my father's sons he was pleased to make me king over all Israel. And out of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons, he has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the Lord's kingdom over Israel. He said to me, Your son Solomon is the one who is to build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. I will establish his kingdom forever if he perseveres in keeping my commandments and my ordinances as he is today. So now in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord and in the hearing of our God, Observe and seek after all the commandments of the Lord your God, so that you may possess this good land and leave it as an inheritance to your descendants forever. As for you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands the intention of every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will reject you forever." Realize now that the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. When David was old, and sorry, this is going back a few chapters to First Chronicles 23, verse 1. When David was old and full of days, he installed his son Solomon as king over Israel. And then we read Psalm 145, verse 1 to 8, to finish today. I exalt you, my God the King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. I will honour your name forever and ever. Yahweh is great and is highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. I will speak of your glorious splendour and your wonderful works. They will proclaim the power of your awe-inspiring works and I will declare your greatness. 
They will give a testimony of your great goodness and will joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and great and faithful love. And there we end day 130. Day 131 and we continue through that Psalm 145 to the finish. And today sees us cover another couple of Psalms and also a few more chapters of First Chronicles. But we start at verse 9 of Psalm 145. The Lord is good to everyone. His compassion rests on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, Lord. The godly will bless you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom and will declare your might, informing all peoples of your mighty acts and of the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your rule is for all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his actions. The Lord helps all who fall. He raises up all who are oppressed. All eyes look to you and you give them their food in due time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and gracious in all his acts. The Lord is near all who call out to him, all who call out to him with integrity. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry for help and saves them. The Lord guards all those who love him, but he destroys all the wicked. My mouth will declare the Lord's praise. Let every living thing praise his holy name forever and ever. And we pick up at First Chronicles 28, verse 11 to 21. Then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the vestibule of the temple and, and its buildings, treasuries, upper rooms, inner rooms, and the room for the place of atonement. The plans contained everything he had in mind for the courts of the Lord's house, all the surrounding chambers, the treasuries of God's house, and the treasuries for what is dedicated. Also included were plans for the divisions of the priests and the Levites, all the work of service in the Lord's house, all the articles of service of the Lord's house, the weight of gold for the, all the articles of every kind of service, the weight of all the silver articles for every kind of service, the weight of the gold lampstands and their gold lamps, including the weight of each lampstand and its lamps, the weight of each silver lampstand and its lamps, according to the service of each lampstand, the weight of gold for each table for the rows of the bread of the presents and the silver for the silver tables, the pure gold for the forks, sprinkling basins and pitchers, the weight of each gold dish, the weight of each silver bowl, the weight of refined gold for the altar of incense, and the plans for the chariot of the gold cherubim that spread out their wings and cover the ark of the Lord's covenant. David concluded, By the Lord's hand on me, he enabled me to understand everything in writing, all the details of the plan. Then David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He won't leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the Lord's house is finished. Here are the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of God's house. Every willing man of any skill will be at your disposal for the work, and the leaders and all the people are at your every command. Then we read Psalm 104, verse 1 to 35. My soul praise the Lord, Lord my God, you are very great, you are clothed with majesty and splendour. He wraps himself in light as if it were a robe, spreading out the sky like a canopy, laying the beams of his palace in the waters above, making the clouds his chariot, walking on the wings of the wind and making the winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He established the earth and its foundations, it will never be shaken. You covered it with a deep as if it were a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder they hurried away. 
Mountains rose and valleys sank to the place you established for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross, they will never cover the earth again. He causes the springs to gush into the valleys, they flow between the mountains. They supply water for every wild beast, the wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky live beside the springs, they sing among the foliage. He waters the mountains from his palace, the earth is satisfied by the fruit of your labour. He causes grass to grow for the livestock and provides crops for man to cultivate, producing food from the earth, wine that makes man's heart glad, making his face shine with oil and bread that sustains man's heart. The trees of the Lord flourish, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, the stork make its home in the pine trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats, the cliffs are a refuge for hyraxes. He made the moon to mark the seasons, the sun knows when to set. You bring darkness and it becomes night, when all the forest animals stir. The young lions roar for their prey and seek their food for God. The sun rises, they go back and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labour until evening. How countless are your works, Lord! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, vast and wide, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships move about, and Leviathan, which you formed to play there. All of them wait for you to give them their food at the right time. When you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your breath, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure for ever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He looks at the earth and it trembles. He touches the mountains and they pour out smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God while I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him. I will rejoice in the Lord. May sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. My soul praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then Psalm 124 verse 1 to 8. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, If the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, then they would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger against us. Then the waters would have engulfed us, the torrent would have swept over us, the raging waters would have swept over us. Praise the Lord who has not let us be ripped apart by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the hunter's net, the net is torn and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And then Psalm 133, verse 1 to 3. How good and pleasant it is when brothers can live together. It is like fine oil in the head, running down in the beard, running down Aaron's beard on his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon falling in the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has appointed the blessing, life forevermore. And Psalm 86, verse 1 to 17. Listen, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Protect my life, for I am faithful. You are my God, save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant's life, since I set my hope in you, Lord. For you, Lord, are kind and ready to forgive, abundant and faithful love to all who call on you. Lord, hear my prayer, listen to my plea for mercy. I call on you in the day of my distress, for you will answer me. Lord, there is no one like you among the gods, and there are no works like yours. All the nations you have made will come down and bow down before you, Lord, and you will honour your name. For you are great and perform wonders, you alone are God. 
Teach me your way, Lord, and I will live by your truth. Give me an undivided mind to fear your name. I will praise you with all my heart, Lord my God, and will honour your name forever. For your faithful love for me is great, and you deliver my life from the depths of Sheol. God, arrogant men have attacked me. A gang of ruthless men seeks my life. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are compassionate and gracious, God, slow to anger and abundant in faithful love and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the son of your female servant. Show me a sign of your goodness. My enemies will see and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped and comforted me. Then we read First Chronicles 29, verse 1 to 9. Then King David said to all the assembly, My son Solomon, God has chosen him alone as young and inexperienced. The task is great, for the temple will not be for man, but for the Lord God. So the best of my ability, I have made provision for the house of my God. Gold for the gold article, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron and wood for the wood, as well as onyx, stones for mounting, antimony, stones of various colours, all kinds of precious stones and a great quantity of marble. Moreover, because of my delight in the house of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the house of my God, over and above all that I provided for the holy house. One hundred tons of gold, gold of Ophir, and two hundred and fifty tons of refined silver for overlaying the walls of the buildings. The gold for the gold work, and the silver for the silver, for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now who will volunteer to consecrate himself to the Lord today? Then the elders of the households, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. For the service of God's house they gave a hundred and eighty-five tons of gold, and ten thousand gold drachmas, three hundred and seventy-five tons of silver, six hundred and seventy-five tons of bronze, and four thousand tons of iron. Whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the Lord's house, under the care of Jehidel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced because of their leader's willingness to give, for they had given to the Lord with a whole heart. King David also rejoiced greatly. And we continue on from verse 10 to 13 to finish today. Then David praised the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. David said, May you be praised, Lord God of our father Israel, from eternity to eternity. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty for everything in the heavens and on earth belongs to you. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom and you are exalted as head over all. Riches and honor come from you and you are the ruler of everything. In your hand are power and might and it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. And there we end day 131. Day 132 and we continue in First Chronicles and also through the Psalms as we start at First Chronicles 29 verse 14. And that's where we left off yesterday as David says, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? For everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your own hand. For we are foreigners and sojourners in your presence as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord our God, all this wealth that we've provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand. Everything belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and that you are pleased with uprightness. I have willingly given all these things with an upright heart, and now I have seen your people who are here present 
giving joyfully and willingly to you. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our ancestors, keep this desire forever in the thoughts of the hearts of your people and confirm their hearts toward you. Give my son Solomon a whole heart to keep and to carry out all your commandments, your decrees, and your statutes, and to build a temple for which I have made provision. Then we read Psalm 72, verse 1 to 20. God give your justice to the king and your righteousness to the king's son. He will judge your people with righteousness and your afflicted ones with justice. May the mountains bring prosperity to the people and the hills righteousness. May he vindicate the afflicted among the people, help the poor and crush the oppressor. May he continue while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the cut grass, like spring showers that water the earth. May the righteous flourish in his days and prosperity abound until the moon is no more. And may he rule from sea to sea and from the Euphrates to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes kneel before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and the coasts and islands bring tribute. The kings of Sheba and Seba offer gifts. And let all kings bow down to him, all nations serve him. For he will rescue the poor who cry out and the afflicted who have no helper. He will have pity on the poor and helpless and save the lives of the poor. He will redeem them from oppression and violence, for their lives are precious in his sight. May he live long. May gold from Sheba be given to him. May prayer be offered from for him continually, and may he be blessed all day long. May there be plenty of grain in the land. May it wave in the tops of the mountains. May its crops be like Lebanon. May people flourish in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever, as long as the sun shines, may his fame increase. May all nations be blessed by him and call him blessed. May the Lord God, the God of Israel, be praised who alone does wonders. May his glorious name be praised forever. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, son of Jesse, are concluded. Then we read First Chronicles 29, verse 20 to 22. Then David said to the whole assembly, Praise the Lord your God. So the whole assembly praised the Lord God of their ancestors. They bowed down and paid homage to the Lord and the king. The following day they offered sacrifices to the Lord and burnt offerings to the Lord, one thousand bulls, one thousand rams, and one thousand lambs, along with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. They ate and drank with great joy in the Lord's presence that day. Then for a second time they made David's son Solomon king. They anointed him as the Lord's ruler and Zadok as the priest. Then we read Second Samuel verse, chapter 23 verse 1 to 7. These are the last words of David. The proclamation of David son of Jesse. The proclamation of the man raised on high, the one anointed by the God of Jacob, the favourite singer of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me, his word was on my tongue. The God of Israel spoke, the rock of Israel said to me, The one who rules the people with justice, who rules in the fear of God, is like the morning light when the sun rises on a cloudless morning, the glisten of rain on sprouting grass. Is it not true my house is with God? For he has established an everlasting covenant with me, ordered and secured in every detail. Will he not bring about my whole salvation and my every desire? But all the wicked are like thorns wrecked aside. They can never be picked up by hand. 
The man who touches them must be armed with iron and the shaft of a spear. They will be completely burned up on the spot. Then we read 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. As the time approached for David to die, he instructed his son Solomon, As for me, I am going the way of all of the earth. Be strong and brave and keep your obligation to the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes, commandments, judgments and testimonies. This is written in the law of Moses so that you will have success in everything you do and wherever you turn, and so that the Lord will carry out his promise that he made to me. If your sons are careful to walk faithfully before me with their whole mind and heart, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. You also know what Joab son of Zariah did to me and what he did to the two commanders of Israel's army, Abner son of Ner and Amasa son of Jether. He murdered them in a time of peace to avenge bloodshed and war. He spilled that blood in his own waistband and on the sandals of his feet. Act accordingly to your wisdom, and do not let his grey hair descend to Sheol in peace. Show loyalty to the sons of Barzillai the Gileadite, and let them be among those who eat at your table, because they supported me when I fled from your brother Absalom. Keep an eye on Shemaiah, son of Gera the Benjaminite from Bahurim, who is with you. He uttered malicious curses against me the day I went to Mahanaim, but he came down to meet me at the Jordan River, and I swore to him by the Lord I will never kill you with the sword. So don't let him go unpunished, for you are a wise man. You know how to deal with him to bring his grey head down to Sheol with blood. Then David rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. We read First Chronicles 29 verse 28 to 30. He died at a good old age, full of days, riches and honour, and his son Solomon became king in his place. As for the events of King David's reign, from beginning to end, note that they are written about in the events of Samuel the seer, the events of Nathan the prophet, and the events of Gad the seer, along with all his reign, his might, and the incidents that affected him, and Israel, and all the kingdoms of the surrounding lands. Then we read Psalm chapter 37, verse 1 to 40. Do not be agitated by evildoers. Do not envy those who do wrong. For they wither quickly like grass and wilt like tender green plants. Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Making your righteousness shine like the dawn, your justice like the noonday. Be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Do not be agitated by one who prospers in his way by the man who carries out evil plans. Refrain from anger and give up your rage. Do not be agitated, it can only bring harm. For evildoers will be destroyed, but those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for him, he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will enjoy abundant prosperity. The wicked schemes against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. The Lord laughs at him because he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and strung the bow to bring down the afflicted and needy and to slaughter those whose way is upright. Their swords will enter their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous man has than the abundance of many wicked people. For the arms of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord supports the righteous. The Lord watches over the blameless all their days and their inheritance will last forever. 
They will not be disgraced in times of adversity. They will be satisfied in days of hunger. But the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies, like the glory of the pastures, will fade away. They will fade away like smoke. The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous is gracious and giving. Those who are blessed by him will inherit the land, but those cursed by him will be destroyed. A man's steps are established by the Lord, and he takes pleasure in his way. Though he falls, he will not be overwhelmed, because the Lord holds his hand. I have been young, and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous abandoned, nor the children begging bread. He is always generous, always lending, and his children are a blessing. Turn away from evil, and do what is good, and dwell there forever. For the Lord loves justice, and will not abandon his faithful ones. They are kept safe forever, but the children of the wicked will be destroyed. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it permanently. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom. His tongue speaks what is just. The instruction of his God is in his heart. His steps do not falter. The wicked lies in wait for the righteous and seeks to kill him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand or allow him to be condemned when he is judged. Wait for the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will watch when the wicked are destroyed. I have seen a wicked, violent man, well-rooted like a flourishing native tree. Then I passed by and noticed he was gone. I searched for him, but he could not be found. Watch the blameless and observe the upright, for the man of peace will have a future. But transgressors will all be eliminated. The future of the wicked will be destroyed. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord, their refuge in a time of distress. The Lord helps and delivers them. He will deliver them from their wicked and will save them because they take refuge in him. And then Psalm 138 verse 1 to 8 to finish today. I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your constant love and faithfulness. You have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. On the day I called, you answered me. You increase strength within me. All the kings on earth will give you thanks, Lord, when they hear what you have promised. They will sing of the Lord's ways, for the Lord's glory is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he takes note of the humble, but he knows the haughty from afar. If I walk in the thick of danger, you will preserve my life from the anger of my enemies. You will extend your hand, your right hand will save me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Lord, your love is eternal. Do not abandon the work of your hands. And there we end, day 132. Day 133, and we continue through First Kings, uh, and also that sit alongside that are the Chronicles, uh, and they continue through First Chronicles. But we begin First Kings 2, verse 12. Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his kingship was firmly established. And then First Chronicles 29, verse 23 to 25. Solomon sat on the Lord's throne as king in place of his father David. He prospered, and all Israel obeyed him. All the leaders and the mighty men, and all of King David's sons as well, pledged their allegiance to King Solomon. The Lord highly exalted Solomon in the sight of all Israel, and bestowed on him such royal majesty as had not been bestowed on any other king over Israel before him. And then we move into Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1. Solomon, son of David, strengthened his hold on his kingdom. The Lord his God was with him and highly exalted him. 
And then 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 13 through to verse 38. Sorry, verse 3 of chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Adonijah, son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. She asked him, do you come peacefully? Peacefully, he replied, and then asked, may I talk with you? Go ahead, she answered. You know the kingship was mine, he said. All Israel expected me to be king, but then the kingship was turned over to my brother, for the Lord gave it to him. So now I have just one request of you. Don't turn me down. She said to him, Go on. He replied, Please speak to King Solomon, since he won't turn you down. Let him give me Abishag the Shunammite as a wife. Very well, Bathsheba replied, I will speak to the king for you. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him about Adonijah. The king stood up to greet her, bowed to her, sat down on his throne and had a throne place for the king's mother. So she sat down at his right hand. Then she said, I have just one small request of you, don't turn me down. Go ahead and ask, mother, the king replied, for I won't turn you down. So she said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to your brother Adonijah as a wife. King Solomon answered his mother, Why are you requesting Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Since he is my elder brother, you might as well ask the kingship for him, for Abiathar the priest and for Joab son of Zariah. Then Solomon took an oath by the Lord, May God punish me and do so severely if Adonijah has not made this request at the cost of his life. And now as the Lord lives, the one who established me, seated me on the throne of my father David and made me a dynasty as he promised. I swear Adonijah will be put to death today. Then King Solomon gave the order to Benaiah son of Jehoiada, who struck down Adonijah and he died. The king said to Abiathar the priest, Go to your fields in Anathoth. Even though you deserve to die, I will not put you to death today, since you carried the ark of the Lord God in the presence of my father David, and you suffered through all that my father suffered. So Solomon banished Abiathar from being the Lord's priest, and it fulfilled the Lord's prophecy he had spoken at Shiloh against Eli's family. The news reached Joab. Since he had supported Adonijah but not Absalom, Joab fled to the Lord's tabernacle and took hold of the horns of the altar, it was reported to King Solomon, Joab has fled to the Lord's tabernacle and is now beside the altar. Then Solomon sent Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and told him, Go and strike him down. So Benaiah went to the tabernacle and said to Joab, This is what the king says, come out. But Joab said, No, for I will die here. So Benaiah took a message back to the king, This is what Joab said, and this is how he answered me. The king said to him, Do just as he says. Strike him down and bury him in order to remove from me and from my father's house the blood that Joab shared, shed without cause. The Lord will bring back his own blood and his own head because he struck down two men more righteous and better than he, without my father David's knowledge. With his sword Joab murdered Abner son of Ner, commander of Israel's army, and Amasa son of Jether, commander of Judah's army. Their blood will come back on Joab's head and on the head of his descendants forever, but for David, his descendants, his dynasty, and his throne, there will be peace from the Lord forever. Benaiah son of Jehoiada went up, struck down Joab, and put him to death. He was buried at his house in the wilderness. Then the king appointed Benaiah son of Jehoiada in Joab's place over the army, and he appointed Zadok the priest in Abiathar's place. Then the king summoned Shemaiah and said to him, Build a house for yourself in Jerusalem and live there. But don't leave there and go anywhere else. On the day you do leave and cross the Kidron Valley, 
Know for sure that you will certainly die. Your blood will be on your own head. Jemiah said to the king, The sentence is fair. Your servant will do as my lord the king has spoken. And Shemaiah lived in Jerusalem for a long time. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh king of Egypt by marrying, marrowing, marrying Pharaoh's daughter. Solomon brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace, the Lord's temple, and the wall surrounding Jerusalem. Then we read Psalm 45, verse 1 to 17, which is entitled, A Royal Wedding Song. My heart is moved by a noble theme as I recite my verses to the king. My tongue is the pen of a skilful writer. You are the most handsome of men. Grace flows from your lips. Therefore God has blessed you forever. Mighty warrior, strap your sword at your side in your majesty and splendor. In your splendor ride triumphantly in the cause of truth, humility and justice. May your right hand show your awe-inspiring deeds. Your arrows pierce the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Your throne God is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of justice. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you more than your companions with the oil of joy. Mirror, aloes and cassia, perfume all your garments. From ivory palaces, harps bring you joy. King's daughters are among your honoured women. The queen, adorned with gold from Ophir, stands at your right hand. Listen, daughter, pay attention and consider. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Bow down to him, for he is your lord. The daughter of Tyre and wealthy people will seek your favour with gifts. In her chamber the royal daughter is all glorious, her clothing embroidered with gold. In colourful garments she is led to the king. After her the virgins, her companions, are brought to you. They are led in with gladness and rejoicing. They enter the king's palace. Your sons will succeed your ancestors. You will make them princes throughout the land. I will cause your name to be remembered for all generations. Therefore the peoples will praise you for ever and ever. Then we read Second Chronicles verse, chapter 1 verse 2 to 6. Then Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, to the judges and to every leader in all Israel, the heads of the families. Solomon and the whole assembly with him went to the high place that was in Gibeon, because God's tent of meeting, which was the Lord's servant Moses, had made in the wilderness, was there. Now David had brought the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim to the place he had set up for it, because he had pitched a tent for it in Jerusalem. But he put the bronze altar, which Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, had made, in front of the Lord's tabernacle. Solomon and the assembly inquired of him there. Solomon offered sacrifices there in the Lord's presence on the bronze altar at the tent of meeting. He offered one thousand burnt offerings on it. Then we read First Kings chapter 3, verse 2 to 15. However, the people were sacrificing on the high places because until that time, a temple for the Lord's name had not been built. Solomon loved the Lord by walking in the statutes of his father David, but he also sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there because it was the most famous high place. He offered one thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. God said, Ask, what should I give you? And Solomon replied, You have shown great and faithful love to your servant my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, righteousness and integrity. 
You have continued this great and faithful love for him by giving him a son to sit on his throne as it is today. Lord my God, you have now made your servant king in my father David's place. Yet I am just a youth with no experience in leadership. Your servant is among your people you have chosen, a people too numerous to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an obedient heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? Now it pleased the Lord that Solomon had requested this. So God said to him, Because you have requested this and did not ask for long life or riches for yourself or the death of your enemies, but asked for discernment for yourself to understand justice, I will therefore do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has never been anyone like you before and never will be again. In addition, I will give you what you did not ask for, both riches and honour, so that no man in any kingdom will be your equal during your entire life. If you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and commandments, just as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realised it had been a dream. He went to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he held a feast for all his, his servants. Then we read the same in Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7 to 13 to finish today. That night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what should I give you? And Solomon said to God, You have shown great faithful love to my father David, and you have made me king in his place. Lord God, let your promise to my father David now come true, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Now grant me wisdom and knowledge, so that I may lead these people, for who can judge this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not requested riches, wealth, or glory, or for the life of those who hate you, and you have not even requested long life, but you have requested for yourself wisdom and knowledge that you may judge my people over whom I made you king, wisdom and knowledge are given to you. I will also give you riches, wealth, and glory, such that it was not like this for the kings who were before you, nor will it be like this for those after you. So Solomon went to Jerusalem from the high place that was in Gibeon, in front of the tent of meeting, and he reigned over Israel. And there we end day 133 and week 19.